And now, brought to you by CK and WWFD Productions, we take you back to the adventures of our friends in Popcorn and Monsters. Chapter 8, Hidden Depths. While the Count was mulling about his situation, Igor was furious. Yes, I would say that it is too soon for jokes. You need to explain yourself, and soon. Van Helsing replied quickly, You're right, you're right. I apologize for my flippancy. It's a bad habit that I have, you see, when I'm nervous. I will tell you the real and full story, but it requires some time for me to share it, because it starts back in childhood. Are you sure you're just not stalling for time? A fair comment, but no. You will need to know everything to fully understand who I am and what I stand for, and that requires me to start from when I was a child. See, I am aware of my reputation, which cannot be helped when I have an association with someone like Abraham van Helsing. Yes, I do travel with him, but you'll understand why eventually. There's something you have to understand. My cousin, the fearless monster hunter, is, in clinical terms, a psychopath. In less clinical terms, he's a full-blown loony, a fruitcake, a nut bar. Pick whichever term you want. However, I've known this for decades. For example, when we were children, Travelling on family picnics, he would not only pick the wings off of flies, but then he would slap their little fly faces with them. As I mentioned before, he's a chutney short of a ploughman's lunch. As I got older, I took to travelling, and I did not have to indulge in any more worrying family events with my scary cousin de-winging any more innocent insects. Travelling was a godsend. It increased my interest in creatures, supernatural beings, call them what you will, to ravenous proportions, and I learned practical experience as well as the years of theory I had absorbed from my beloved books. Yes, I learned that even though there were some out there who were indeed evil, there were also some who were just trying to get on with their lives, hurting no one. Things were going along swimmingly. And then Abraham found me. I was lodging in an inn in Romania at the time, studying and communing with those known as monsters. When Abraham showed up, he was a man possessed with one idea, to rid the world of these monsters. I knew that something would have to be done to defend them. There was no arguing with Abraham. Once a man like him has a conviction, only death would change his mind. So I joined him on his quest, but only because if I didn't, then the creatures I had studied for so many hours, days and years could possibly be wiped out by my total conquer basket of a cousin. That's how it was, Igor. I had no interest in destroying anyone like you. My hairy friend, mummy there, or our behemoth of a child over here. I had nothing but a burning need to protect those who would not be prepared to handle Abraham by themselves. 
How else would I know that the scars on your chin represented your position in a multiple birth? What possible benefit would I have gained in the pursuit of killing you in knowing that little nugget of knowledge? None. I knew that because I have studied you. The lycanthrope, the mummy, and all other kinds all of my life because you fascinate me. The rituals, traditions, the way of life fascinate me. I have never met any kind of harm on an innocent. Yes, there have been times that blood has been spilled, but only on creatures who are indeed genuinely evil. But you must know that evil is not the exclusive domain of the human. Igor was on the back foot. He was still not completely certain, but the man's argument was so persuasive and passionate that he seemed quite sure that Van Helsen was in fact telling the truth. There was a silence until Wolfie said, So, who wants tea? Igor and Van Helsing both looked at Wolfie with wide eyes and then as one burst out laughing. During this whole tense situation, nobody had noticed that smoke had been silently floating through one of the walls. Smoke that crept across the ceiling and waited. So, mummy, you've been quiet through all of this. Tell me something about our situation here. Are we trapped? Is this the afterlife? Before I answer, tell us about what you were doing before you came to be here. Something life-threatening, maybe? Funny you should say that, actually. I was on another mission with my insane cousin. We were trekking through the Carpathian Mountains on our way to a vampire's lair. Abraham always called it a lair. I just used to think of it as a vampire's house myself, but that was Abraham for you, always with a penchant for the dramatic. In fact, he would always have me talking like some ridiculous prophet. Thousand thines here, there, and everywhere. I seriously question his upbringing, you know. It's very nice, Mr. Elsing, but any chance you could focus on the point? What? Oh, my word, of course, I do apologise. I have a tendency to run away with a point, and then it's tangent after tangent. Like the time I met the Archduke of Galway. Wolfie clapped his paws. Van Helsing, focus. Oh, I see, I was doing it again, wasn't I? Okay, here I go. We were trekking through the mountains, and it had been a hard slog. We were tired and in need of rest, but, as usual, Abraham would not rest until the job was done. I had researched this particular vampire. We were on our way to, well, as Abraham would put it, free the world from this vile and putrescent creature of the fallen angel, Lucifer. Good Lord, he was a fool. Anyway, this particular vampire was of no threat to anyone. He had lived peacefully in the region for hundreds of years. No harm had befallen any of the villagers in the vicinity, and the only ones who had shed their blood were cattle from local farms, and even then reimbursement was made to replace them. This was not a vampire that was deserving of any further death. Don't get me wrong. We have come across vampires that could chill your very soul, and even after they had been dispatched, the acts they had committed would live in your nightmares for weeks after. However, this was not one of those. 
and so I had to make sure that no harm came to him. I wasn't sure how I was going to do this yet. I had been thinking and thinking on how I could possibly warn him or signal him when we got neither, but there was nothing I could think of that could work without warning Abraham. I think he had been getting a little suspicious, but I had been very thorough in my ways of warning possible victims, but this time I was struggling to come up with something new that wouldn't alert my cousin to my actions. All I could do in the meantime was pray that the weather worsened. Thunder, lightning and rain would be ideal. It was while I was thinking that the world seemed to slow down. It nearly stopped. And then here I was in this room with our big friend here, stuck under a table. They all turned to Lumpy, who all of a sudden found the ceiling interesting. And that's when he saw the smoke. Just as he pointed towards it, the smoke started to fall. But it wasn't falling, it was changing. It was changing into the count. As the count was changing, there was a shout of anger and he launched himself towards Van Helsing. As one, the group cried, Count! No! A lot happened in a short space of time. The count was now human in shape and flying towards Van Helsing. The rest of the gang were trying to block his way but knew there wouldn't be time. But Van Helsing simply stood tall and faced him. Not moving or cowering, merely standing tall with his hands at his side. It was as if he was accepting his fate, and then he spoke. It's nice to see you, Vladimir. The Count stopped dead. No pun intended. An inch from Van Helsing's nose. How do you know me by that name? I haven't been Vladimir since... Since before the am who I am now is... Came into be... Ah! I have lost my momentum. How do you know who I was? As I was explaining to your friends here, I am in this living for the study, the experience, and to make sure that the deserved stay safe. And I knew that you were one of those. You were to be next on the list. And when I say list, I mean stake. So I studied you and your history, and I found out that you were of no threat. I was trying to think of a way to save you when all of a sudden I'm here. The Count looked round to the rest of the group and could see in their faces that they were willing to give Helsing the benefit of the doubt. Taking a step back, he looked into the eyes of Van Helsing and searched for the hatred that he knew would be within the heart of him. And he looked. And he looked. And finally the tension oozed. From the Count's body. For the time being, I am going to see you in the positive, but I am warning you now. You know what I am physically capable of doing. I will try to assure you by my words and my deeds that I am on your side, Vladimir. Or would you rather be known as the Count? The Count merely backed away from the gang and took to his own space at the far end of the room, thinking back to the time when he was Vladimir. Oh, you'll be fine, Romy. You can't possibly hurt yourself from that height. Besides, you have the hay to break your fall. 
Come on, jump. Listen, Vlad, if you're so sure about it, then why am I the one who's up here? Fine, if you're too much of a coward. I never said that. Tell you what, how about we do this together? In a sense of fair play, and so you don't wet your breeches, I'll agree. And so they jumped. Romy and future Count Vladimir jumped from the barn roof to the waiting haystack below. They landed, they laughed, and kept jumping until it was dark. When they finally ran out of energy, and also because it got dark very quickly there, they said their goodbyes and ran back home. When Vlad made it back, he found that his family had been taken, and his life would never be the same again. It was that time again, the time of the sacrifice. Three village families were chosen by the mountain clan in return for no further damage being done. It was like protection money, but the price was paid in blood instead of cash. His family had been one of the three. He looked through the small but well-kept cottage, knowing it was all in vain. But he had to check, knowing that he'd at least tried. He went back outside and shouted their names, but to no avail. Vladimir was alone, and alone with a coldness that he thought would never leave him. We now take you back to the happenings and goings-on of a ragtaggle gang of six as they try to figure out their next moves and what, in the bigger scheme of things, all this existential transportation may actually mean. They all looked at Wolfie. What? I thought the mood could use a little cheering up. It's what I used to do back in my old life. I used to get the same looks then as well, actually. Igor spoke up. I keep meaning to ask you about that, Wolfie. The rest of us have been who we are for a long time now. Even our created friend over there was born into who he is, but you, you were changed into this just recently, and you seem to have borne its brunt with great aplomb. It does make one curious as to why. Wolfie took to sitting on the floor. I think it was his canine instinct. You're right. It would seem odd that I've gone from human to wolfman and accepted it with the greatest of ease, but there's a very simple answer. I have. I was nothing before. I lived. Mm, No, I existed before in quite a boring life. Worked in a rubbish job for just enough cash to get me by, and even though everyone was in the same boat, there was no kinship or camaraderie. There were only grey faces atop grey suits. I tell you, This is a blessing. I feel like a superhero. I might start wearing my pants outside my trousers. The one thing that's affected me, though, is that now I have super-duper hearing and intuition. Whenever the door appears, I get the strongest smell of popcorn going whammy in my schnozzle. With it comes an association of belief. A deep and powerful sense of belief. And I want to know where it comes from. 
because I think that whoever has the belief has the secret to why we're here. Wolfie, I'm not entirely sure what popcorn, whammy or schnozzle is, but I do get the drift of what you are saying. Igor took a moment to think about his wording and continued. What you are basically saying is that whenever the door shows up, you can smell something that may be linked to why we are all here. Something or someone. Would that be correct? As about the size of it, I'm not getting anything other than the smell of belief, but it definitely seems linked to a powerful source. I think that somewhere in this place is a person, or maybe even a group, who are so intent on the power of our histories that we have somehow been summoned together. That's just my theory, though. I haven't felt anything evil or bad, just a strong sense of... not good as such. Warmth would be a better word. I have a feeling that we have a journey ahead of us, my friends. And I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I'm also terrified, but hey, that's neither here nor there. Thank you for joining us for this latest edition of Popcorn and Monsters. Be sure to tune in next time to carry on the adventures of our ragtaggle gang. Till next time, my friends. Ta-ta. <laughs>